on this episode of Designedly. Adding more features and making that price higher. That's not what the consumer wants. I purposely go out of my way to use and support non-Adobe software. The truth is, Adobe programs are not cheap. Sit on a pile of money, right? That's literally all that they have to do. And that's all coming up on this episode of Design of Hey there, I'm Luke and welcome back to episode 1-3 of Designedly. It is so great to have you all here back again uh, talking about intention and all the things that Designedly does best. Um, so I feel like before we get into this episode, um, there are a couple like quick things I kind of wanted to run by. So if you're like starting the podcast on this episode, this is actually a great episode because um, I feel like this is sort of like a reintroduction of the goals. Like I haven't really talked about this since the start, but I feel like now that we're kind of like 13 episodes into the show, um, I should be kind of, um, you know, making sure that these points are in every single episode um, and we don't lose sight of, uh, you know, what this show is all about. So I'm considering this sort of like an intention update or something like that, um, just to kind of go over everything that we've been working on to make this show better every single time we do it. Um, it's really been exciting. This show, especially like now that we're on a lot of different podcasting platforms, thank you Anchor.fm for uh, being our supporters in this process. Um, but we uh, we've been sort of profiled especially as like a, a design centered podcast which makes a lot of sense after all the name is designedly but I think you guys know specifically we, we talk a lot about graphic design in this podcast we talk about a lot about animation design in this podcast but I never wanted that to be the only thing that we talk about on this show so I want to make it very clear that if you want to be a guest on this show um you don't have to do that of course I always love talking about design. That's that's not to say that I wouldn't love to have many, many designers on here, but this show is much bigger than just graphics. It's about finding how people use and just have intention in the actions that they take and the things that they do in their lives. And that's just really interesting to me. And I think it sort of acts like just a, a hub of inspiration so that um, people can kind of look into themselves about this sort of thing and hopefully this podcast can just be that encouragement um that was one of the primary goals from the start um also another major update and i really could use your help here um if you want to head over even if you don't use apple podcasts um Apple finally approved, I was going to talk about this last week, but Apple finally approved designedly on Apple Podcasts. So that means you can listen to it on iTunes or Apple Music. And that is so exciting because um, that was like the last major territory that we didn't get into because we've been on Stitcher, we've been on Google Podcasts, we've been on, um, I don't know, Radio Public. Um, what else? What's another? Pocket Cast? Pocket Cast is pretty big, right? Spotify. Um, all those services have been there for a while, but Apple is especially important because Apple is an entirely new frontier for this spot. 
Um, so I would be extremely uh, grateful if you would just visit our Apple podcast um, link. I'll leave it in the show notes, but um, like, and just leave us a rating, <laughs> hopefully a good one. But you know what? However you feel this podcast is doing at the time, um, you know, five star is definitely helpful. But really, we just want to get this podcast out to as many people as possible so that we can continue to grow this over time. And that's really what a I want to do because it's, you know, it's, it's really fun to do this and I want to have more guests on here. And, um, yeah. And, uh, speaking of guests, um, I know that a few people who listen to this podcast have voiced their wanting to be on the podcast, um, to talk about some projects or some things that they've been working on. That is so exciting. Thank you so much for, um, just contacting about that. Truly, that is the best way to reach us. You know, uh, the liquid Instagram, my Instagram, Liquid Twitter, my Twitter, but also the Designedly accounts are also open to that sort of stuff. So um, at Designedly Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, those are the main social medias that I use. Um, although I'm not running all of the things um, Liquid throughout, that is one thing that I'm running. So um, <laughs> be sure to hit us up there. Um, that's just you know another place that you can reach us. But uh, for the people who have voice, they're wanting to be on this podcast. Um, hang tight almost done. Um, we are just working on, uh, getting sort of a format for this sort of thing. Obviously we've already had a guest on the show before, but, um, we feel like now that we have some experience with that, we need to really like get this format down to a T. So, um, stay tuned for that. Haven't been forgotten about, I promise. But today we are talking about something that I am extremely passionate about. Um, I, I know that I've, I've like done some stuff on Twitter talking about this before. Um, so, if this is a little bit redundant, possibly, but I think I can explain a little bit more in a half an hour than like uh, seven or 10, like 180 character tweets. So um, this is um, this is just why I purposely go out of my way to use and support non Adobe software. And so at first you might be like, well, what's wrong with Adobe? Aren't they like creative geniuses? They work on some great stuff, you know? Um, but let me ask you this question. Let's just run a little exercise, why don't we, right? Right on designedly. Um, so can you can you come up with a list of programs that can be used for photoshopping images? I'll give you a second here. Just um just give me like a, a list, like more than one. More than one program that can be used to Photoshop or manipulate images. I'll give you time. All right, great. And um, uh, another question, can you make a list of programs to create vectors or graphics and that sort of thing, uh, designs, if you will? And finally, what about video animation? Not editing per se, but keyframing, motion graphics, that sort of thing. Just give me a list, more than one, more than two even for this one. Maybe you have a couple more in your mind. All right, so that was fun. <laughs> but um, this, this sort of concept is exactly what I want to talk about today. And maybe you don't understand, so let me break it down. I don't know who you are as a person. Maybe I've met you before. Maybe I haven't. I don't know what brought you to Designedly today. Um, I'm really grateful that you are here. Um, I hope that you stick around for this entire episode. But um, I don't know who you are. And I don't know 
what your knowledge base is. I don't know how involved you are in creative software, but chances are the answer to your first one probably involved Photoshop, mainly because I used the word Photoshop to describe the verb for Photoshopping images. They literally have coined their own name for image manipulation that everybody uses. Like, that's insane. That's literally insane. I'm pretty sure it's in some actual dictionaries, right? But if you were trying to give me a, a second program, could you? I mean, maybe you could. Let me know. I mean, seriously, I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, let me know. Um, for the second one, if you if you were to think about uh, like making vectors and graphics, right? I'm sure for a lot of people, the first option may have been like, you know, based on your knowledge level, may have been Microsoft Paint. That's totally fine. But for a lot of people, it was Adobe Illustrator, I'm sure. So if you could list more than Adobe Illustrator and Microsoft Paint, um, props to you. And then finally, uh, for animation stuff, Everybody knows After Effects. Um, After Effects is one of the biggest names in animation software. And it's not that there isn't a reason for that. These programs live up to the hype. I'm not saying that they don't. But what I am saying is that Adobe has created a perceived monopoly on creative software. Because for a lot of people, I bet you couldn't name a lot of other alternatives to Photoshop, or you would never even consider using alternatives to Photoshop. And yeah, some people may um, use torrents or uh, other services to try to get all these Adobe stuff for free, but the truth is Adobe programs are not cheap. Um, and there's also good reason for that um, because they are extremely powerful sets of software. I'm not saying that they're not, but back in the day, right? Back when I first kind of got into the idea of um, like creative software and stuff like that, um, I wanna say it was like 10, 11, 12, maybe even. Um, like at that time, Adobe was all like one software at a time, sort of, or maybe, maybe there was a bundle or something like that, but you would pay a couple hundred bucks and you would get one piece of software from Adobe. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm pretty much solid on that idea. Like that, that doesn't, um, like if I save up enough money, I can afford that program and then I never have to buy it again. But then uh, Adobe decided to do a sort of self-saving thing a couple years ago so that they could improve their development and stuff like that, which totally makes sense. But it's called the Adobe Creative Cloud. I'm sure if you use any Adobe software, you know about the Adobe Creative Cloud. Pretty much the biggest thing since they've done ever in, in terms of um, pricing and stuff like that. Because gone were the days where you can make a one-time purchase. Instead, you had to buy this cloud-based software thing and it was $50 a month. Um, of course, they had some other deals like you could buy one app for um, $20 a month or you could get like all of the photography related things. So like I think it includes Photoshop and Lightroom for $10 a month. I think that's what it is. Maybe it is also 20. I'm not positive, but anyway, that's quite a lot of money. Um, for reference, something like Netflix starting at um, like 11, 12, 13 dollars a month, that seems relatively low compared to this creative software. And Netflix spends also like billions of dollars a year making their own original series, which by the way are pretty fantastic and probably also use a lot of Adobe software. <laughs> but um that's that's sort of the thing. Um 
Adobe software is expensive and although it is very well powered, it basically has created this monopoly. There like it doesn't seem like most people know any other alternatives and so they end up just buying the most expensive thing or they end up finding some sort of hack to get around that. Um either way, it's it's only Adobe software and people never really try to look elsewhere for alternatives and that is a true shame because today I'm here to talk about some of my favorite programs ever in my task to go away from Adobe software and my task to try to save money first of all <laughs> but also my task to try to find things that even Adobe can't do things that they haven't even tried and things that honestly maybe even better and for way less money so today let's talk about those alternatives so first and foremost for photo photo is a pretty big industry it's huge you know people sell photos instagram is literally based on photography you think about this right and it's pretty well suited that um adobe has kind of cornered the market on this sort of creative industry um obviously uh, photoshop is a pretty big thing and a lot of people who are professional photographies end up doing a lot of their lighting and developing inside of lightroom which is also a very great program. The thing is, there are alternatives, and nobody really knows about them. So uh, one of the first things I ever used was GIMP. Um, if you haven't heard of GIMP, literally try it out. It is absolutely free on Mac, Windows, and I think even Linux, which is crazy. Um, it's an open source um program and it runs like wonders around uh, Photoshop because you don't have to worry about all of the the loading and all that stuff like it's it's definitely toned back I'm not saying it has nearly as many features as Photoshop does but what it can do it does really well and it's super fast but yeah I mean I have used GIMP legitimately for actual client projects right where I've made money and they liked the work that I did now, if I told them that I was using an open source um, image editor, I don't think they would believe me because it's that good and it's absolutely free. It's insane. <laughs> um, but once we go on from there, um, let's talk about some like actual alternatives, not just like open source stuff. So um, one of my favorites is um, Affinity Photo. If you haven't heard of Affinity by um, a software or uh, programming people called Serif. Um, Serif is one of my favorite new companies since I've discovered them roughly a year ago. Um, and they have literally revolutionized the market. And yet nobody is talking about the work that they're doing. And it just makes me so sad. Um, so if you haven't seen Affinity Photo, there's an app on the iPad and um, there, I believe it's yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so there's an app on the iPad, but it also has a more professional desktop-grade application on um, Mac OS and Windows as well. And the thing is about that is, like, there's there's no, like, cross-platform learning curve. Like, everything works exactly the same, and it's also a lot faster than Photoshop. So Affinity Photo literally takes everything that you know and love about Photoshop, and it puts it into a program that is $50 period, not $50 a month, 
no subscription necessary. $50 and you get software updates forever. Now, I don't know what kind of a business model is. I don't. I, I don't. I hope that I'm supporting good things here. Um, but at the end of the day, this is an incredible deal because it shows that even a small company, as far as software is concerned, has done an incredible job to literally create a Photoshop alternative, yet keeps it lower than like than two months of using Adobe Photoshop. Here's the second thing. It also is a Lightroom alternative. So not only can you use it for image manipulation, but there is also an entirely separate category inside of the program that can use for like developing the photo and you can um, like adjust lighting and stuff like that for raw images. All of this stuff is included in a program that costs less than a Google Home Mini. That is insane. And yet nobody talks about it. Literally, I have never met a single other person who has brought up Affinity Photo as a platform. And yet I use it literally almost every day and have been told a lot of different times that it is very impressive work. So as far as graphics are concerned, um, I have three <laughs> suggestions for this. And once again, this is an area where people may have some alternatives. So we will talk about those as well. Um, so as far as mo what most people use, most people are using uh, Adobe um, Illustrator. Adobe Illustrator is pretty much the biggest name in graphic design. And once again, there is a reason for that because it is a very powerful program. But I'm not saying that there aren't better options or definitely at least comparable options. Um, so once again, we're going to start with open source because I always love to bring up free options for people just to try out. This is a podcast episode all about hope for people who maybe can't afford <laughs> the Adobe Creative Cloud because at one point I was in this area too. Now my school pays for it. So that's really nice. So Inkscape is um, one of my favorite programs ever. Um, I was using it for the first three to four years of my entire um, history with this Mac mini that I still use. Wow, it's very old. But <laughs> yeah, if if you um, if you never heard of Inkscape, once again, it's available on um, on Mac, Windows and Linux. And it literally almost does everything that Adobe Photoshop can do. Now, there are definitely some setbacks, as we also talked about GIMP, but once again, it is a free piece of software that has 90% of the features that Adobe Illustrator has. I don't think there is anything you can say that is going to, like, you know, discredit this masterful achievement, honestly. And so you could pay $50 a month, or you could literally download free software, but most people choose the first option. So another one of my all-time favorite programs as far as design is concerned is Sketch. Um, a lot of people actually have heard of Sketch. Sketch is great for prototyping. Um, if people know anything, if you guys know anything about um, user interface design, which is the design for websites and app layouts and stuff like that, um, sometimes just going into your Microsoft PowerPoint is not going to do it good enough. Um, and so... Like, Sketch is one of the best options I've ever seen for this sort of thing because um, it not only has doubled as, like, a great graphic design resource, like, the original 
liquid logo was designed in sketch like i've of course converted it to a lot of different file types over the years but the original liquid logo was created inside of sketch and to this day i still consider one of the best programs on the market for this sort of thing but yeah if you're if you're looking into doing things where you need to work with vectors and stuff like that sketch is the place to go it has literally everything that you need to get started with um, stuff like that. And the thing is, it's only $100 for a year of updates, which is two months worth of Illustrator with the Creative Cloud, right? But also, you don't have to renew it. You can continue to use Sketch on and on and on. It's only when you want updates that you have to pay 100 bucks. So one time, basically, for $100 is pretty incredible because this is a powerful tool and it has a lot of this um like once again like i've uh, mentioned is prototyping prototyping is huge because um it has a lot of these tools built in that make it so that it's really easy to make an actual concept app layout so say i click this button then it would actually have like a link to go to another page or whatever right and it also has like elements that work with like, so if you wanted to have a button, but you wanted to be able to change the text in the button, but the button like changes size with the increased text size, if that makes sense. Um, like it's great for stuff like that because there's like a programming aspect to it that Adobe Illustrator users could only dream of. But then going on from Sketch, uh, and we're going back into the Serif land, um, Affinity has a designer as well. Um, if you have ever seen Affinity Designer, which um, a lot of people have not, which is a true shame, I have used Adobe Illustrator. I, I know basically the ins and outs of that program, but Affinity Designer is literally the same. <laughs> like down to the very controls, this thing was designed to be the competitor to Adobe Illustrator in every single way. I have not found a feature inside of Adobe Illustrator that Affinity Designer can't do. And the same rules apply. The same rules apply here. This program costs $50 flat. That's it. There's nothing else to be included. There's nothing else going on there. It is literally one-time payment of $50 for unlimited updates forever how <laughs> i don't necessarily understand how it works but once again i think this proves you don't have to pay all this money because um if this company can come in here and literally change the game in terms of price then clearly maybe adobe isn't as good as we're led to believe that they are and also the thing about using a bunch of different affinity based tools is the fact that they all work well together. So if I wanted to use um, Affinity Designer, but I had some elements there that I wanted to move right into Affinity Photo, I could literally move them, like I could literally move all of the elements by just copying one in Affinity Designer and pasting it into Affinity Photo. That is continuity at its finest. I mean, I know you could do something like that in Adobe, but once again, that shows there is even an ecosystem here that like works and benefits people and it doesn't have to cost you $50 a month. Anyway, on to animation. So um, if you have any experience with um, video editors, um, I know a lot of people have done like YouTube videos before and stuff like that. Um, some people have like 
iMovie on iPad experience, some people have Final Cut Pro experience, no matter what. There is a, a sort of war that's going on right now, especially between people in the tech industry focused on people who use Adobe Premiere and people who use Final Cut Pro, which is Apple's version of a video editor software for the desktop computer. Um, and both of those options are pretty great, but what a lot of people are noticing and why a lot of people are switching to Final Cut is it's so much better optimized and that means that you get faster export speeds and you get faster render times. And that means that your previews are gonna load faster and your videos are gonna be made faster. And that to a lot of people is enough. Maybe Premiere has some crazy fancy features and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, Final Cut Pro is a very powerful tool and it renders automatically and just has a lot better optimized software. So let's take that same understanding and apply it to the animation world. That's where Motion 5, also made by Apple, directly competes with things like After Effects. Um, so obviously After Effects is more powerful, I'm not gonna lie. After Effects has a lot more tools. But here's the number one question to ask yourself. Do you need it? Do you really, really need all of those fancy tools in After Effects? Maybe you do, that's totally fine. But just consider this. Motion 5, once again, costs $50, period. Not $50 a month, not $50 a year, <laughs> nothing like that, no. One-time payment of $50 to Apple, and you get one of the best optimized animation programs on the market, if not the best. Also, the experience is so much easier, it's so much faster, and it is a lot more power at your fingertips immediately. Maybe you don't have all the fancy image manipulation stuff that you get with Adobe. Maybe you don't. But I'm just saying, if you haven't seen um, the Hope commercial for Sans 3, I know I reference this a ton. I need to work on some new projects to brag about. <laughs> but um, this is like, this is... This program literally made 90% of the animations, including every single holographic digital interface thing in the entire thing. That designed it. It made all of the texturing. It motion tracked the heck out of it. That was all the job of Motion 5. What After Effects did for this project was a joke. Unfortunately, I needed it, but it was a joke in comparison to what Motion 5 was able to pull off for $50. Now, I hate to talk about money, I really do, but we're kind of coming to the end of this episode. And I just, I just wanna make this point clear. Adobe has some very powerful tools. They built it up over the course of two decades or so. It's impressive work, it really is. But here's the thing. Do you need it? Do you honestly need it? And second question, have you ever even considered the alternatives? If you have and you still am not convinced, fine. You know what? You don't have to listen to me. But here's the thing. Saving $50 a month is a pretty hefty expense. That could get you a lot. It really could. Over the course of a year, that's $600. You are paying $600 a year 
for Adobe. And yeah, their team does great work. But in comparison, in comparison to what these other platforms are able to do for so much less, it kind of undervalues the work that they're doing because of how good the other ones are. And so I guess here's the goal. Here's my goal. Here's why I try to use the Adobe Suite as little as physically possible. Monopoly. Competition. All of that stuff. If um, you've been looking recently at, uh, say, the smartphone industry or something like that, um, there have been some really declining sales numbers, especially for uh, the biggest two players right now, which are Apple and Samsung, um, and some huge improvements, including um, some like uh, flagships and stuff like that from Google. Uh, the Google Pixel line has literally doubled in sales over the course of this year because they got competitive. Before, they were continually increasing the price of their phone and doing exactly what a lot of phone companies are doing now, which is adding more features and making that price higher, which is why now we have flagship smartphones at over $1,000. That's not what the consumer wants. That's not what most people are willing to even pay for a phone, right? And so that's why when Google released the Pixel 3a, it was one of the greatest moves I think ever in the smartphone game because it showed a big player can compete. Google was not chasing, you know, to make the most amount of money to have the biggest profit margins. What they were chasing was to make a phone that could do something great. Maybe it wasn't perfect. Maybe it didn't have all of the features, but it did what people needed it to do. And at half the price of the iPhone, the camera was at least twice as capable. There's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about the hard work of competition. And so in the same way for creative software, right? Everybody knows Adobe. Everybody knows that they're probably the best in the game in terms of software and stuff like that. But when we don't give the other guys a chance, when we don't give companies like Serif a chance, then that just further Adobe's desire to not do anything so that they can actually decrease their workload and just kind of sit around, relax, and maybe even just sit on a pile of money, right? That's literally all that they have to do. But when we give them competition, that is great for everyone. That is great for the consumer. That is great for the professional. That is great for all of the companies out there that need this type of software. When we look at companies like Serif, who are doing 90% of the things that Adobe is doing in just under three to 10 years, I don't know, somewhere in that range, that's a really big range, I apologize. But um, sorry, I didn't do a ton of research here. Serif is giving Adobe competition. But if the consumers aren't willing to accept that competition, then companies like Serif with great software and great experiences die and they can't compete. And that means Adobe keeps on winning. But if we allow companies like Serif to come in, if you can sacrifice, I don't know, warp stabilizers, right? 
then you can use the Seraph programs instead. If you can sacrifice sh grain shadows, <laughs> just as an example, right? Then the Seraph programs are for you. And they cost so much less. And so if enough people decide to use Seraph, then Adobe makes less money. Which means Adobe needs a new business plan. Which either means more better features or lower prices. Or a mixture of both. And that sort of competition benefits us. Because then that means that we're either getting more features for the price, where normally they would just kind of sit on that stuff and not really work. <laughs> Take, for example, the one of the new things that has come up in both After Effects and Photoshop called Content-Aware Fill. If you've used any of these programs, you know it's a new feature that basically means that you can erase something in the photo and then um, Adobe will take the surrounding textures and stuff to try to fill in that erased image. So then basically you can take out anything you want and this works even in motion environments, which is so cool. But that didn't come on its own. No, I firmly believe that Adobe did this so that they can stay ahead of their competition. Because as companies like Serif come up, they have to move or they're gonna lose. They have to move. And so we have to encourage this as the consumers. We have to look for things like this as the consumers because do I want Adobe to die? No, I want them to be better. I want them to do better. And honestly, I want them to be cheaper. On the behalf of the people who are trying to make Adobe better and to make the entire industry of creative software better. Would you join me in this fight? All right, <laughs> that's about it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Designedly. Um, I'm really excited for the next couple episodes as we may have some more interviews coming up very soon. But I have been Luke, this has been Designedly, and that is why I join team non-Adobe software. Catch you all next week.